All right. Well, I think we're going to go ahead and get started. There might be a few more people coming in. I'm not exactly sure, but um, so have you guys been having a good day so far? All your breakouts, the last one of the day before our last session. Um, I had a great time. I hope all of you. It seems like all of you are shaking your head yes, so that's good. <laughs> um, so I'm just going to tell you a little bit about myself before we get started here. I am, uh, my name is Melissa Sawastuck. I am a kids pastor at Ravenna Assembly um, up towards Northeast Ohio area. And I've been there for 13 years. I absolutely love what I do. And, uh, you know, everybody's always like, when are you going to move into this or move into that? I'm like, I'm not moving. <laughs> like, until God tells me to move somewhere else, this is what I want to do. Um, I have been married for 19 years next week, and I have three kids that are 16, 14, and 9. Um, my 16-year-old just turned 16 on Wednesday, so, you know, now she's like, I need to drive, I need to do all those things, and that's a new adventure for us. Um, I love animals, so I have three dogs, a cat, a guinea pig, and a gecko, and I really want a goat, but I haven't talked my husband into it yet, so <laughs> we're still working on that. <laughs> oh, who, has, who has two? Yeah, that's true, because they need family, because they get lonely. I read about this. See, I've done my homework, <laughs> but they're expensive to care for, too, like feeding. Are they... Okay, we can talk. I'm going to talk to her later. We're going we're gonna to hook up. <laughs> okay, that sounds good. Nice. All right, well, before we jump into this, I just want to pray with you guys this morning. God, I thank you so much for who you are and that you give us excitement and you give us meaning and you give us direction. And I pray this morning you just give us clarity about our why. Why do we do what we do? God, I pray you help us to open our hearts, open our minds, God, to hear what you want us to hear, to do what you want us to do, and to lead other people in that direction of you, God. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so you are in the class remembering your why and helping your volunteers do the same, okay? Now, this is something that is not easy. <laughs> that is why we're all here in this classroom because you know, well, let's, you don't always know what you want, but sometimes even when you know what you want, getting that relayed to other people is hard. Um, so I went to Bible school at Brownsville School of Ministry and I finished on Global University and got um, my ministry training through that. But when I went to the School of Ministry, I had the awesome opportunity to go to Nigeria and India. And when I was there, the reaction of those kids receiving the Word of God, they were hung on every word. You know, they wanted to hear. They're so excited. Everything was like new and amazing. And then I would come back to America and I would be teaching and like some kids wanted to hear some were complaining that they didn't like the snack that day others were like I'm bored I want to leave like and I'm like man this is such a difference so in that moment I decided the word being I there that I wanted to go into kids missions because I struggled with the reactions that I got in America versus what I saw overseas and so after school I went 
um, no doors really opened for me and I ended up working at the office of my aunt and uncle who owned a plumbing company. You're like, you went to Bible school, you did all these things and now let's work in an office at a plumbing company. But God knows how to set us up, right? And so my aunt was super involved in kids ministry at her church and she um, would be working on things and excited. She would ask me my opinion and have me help her create things and I began to see this different idea of ministry here in America. And God really began to set me up to see my why. And a couple years into that, he clearly spoke to my heart and said, I've called you to American kids. And like, you don't hear that a lot, right? You hear like, I'm called overseas or I'm called to this. And, but I just want some of you to know, you were called to American kids. And I had to come to that realization um, of this is where I'm supposed to be and there's a reason. And he began to show me that all those things that I was seeing that I was frustrated about, their frustrations, their not understanding, that's why I was called there. Because he's using us to minister to that frustration, to help them understand, to pull what he has in them out of them. and. Knowing your why is a journey, and that's the first step of what we're going to talk about today. And it's you knowing your why. And sometimes you know it, sometimes you've forgotten it, sometimes you, um, sometimes you don't know what it is at all. I'm going to run over here and just grab one of these sheets so I make sure I don't skip around on the notes that I've given you either. So that these, I didn't give you fill in the blanks. I just kind of gave you some of the highlight stuff there. Um, but knowing your why, if you can't answer that, some of the questions that you could begin to ask yourself is, why am I doing what I am doing? Why does it matter? Why should I do this? And when you begin to just think about those questions, process them, they're probably not even something you're going to completely answer in this 45-minute class. This is something that you're going to take back and you're going to think about. Now, we know there's a foundation of every why we do for Jesus, right? Because we're supposed to share Jesus and make disciples. That's the commission. That's the bottom line. But in our why, it gets fine-tuned. Okay, like wherever you are, whatever community you're in, whatever ministry you're in, your why is going to be a little bit more pinpointed to that area, to that moment. It could even change. That foundation is never going to change. But the why of what you do will. It'll shift over time and over what you're doing and over what you're specifically being led in. So right now, um, my why is equipping families and ministries to grow in God and live their faith out loud. That's my why. I want to equip these kids and their families together to do it. Everything I do at our church, I look at it through those lenses. Am I doing this? Because if right now, if it's just a fun event but it's not equipping, I'm not going to do it. Or I'm going to do the fun event and I'm going to make sure it's equipping. You know what I mean? It kind of gives you a clear direction. So it helps you figure it out. So some of the ways that if you're like, okay, but I don't know, I don't know how to figure this out. So you can look first, I would say, if your church has um, values or a mission 
that is a great place to start because you're already under alignment with that church and with that ministry. What is their heart? And then maybe fine-tune yours off of that. Okay, what is it from what they're doing because this is the ministry that I know God's put me with. Out of that heart, what am I, why am I doing what I do? Why do I work in the nursery every Sunday? You know, am I just babysitting? Am I, you know, with the fifth and sixth graders? But, you know, like, I, you know, if that you know, boy keeps farting and laughing one more time. I think I'm just going to leave the room, you know. Why am I doing this every, every Sunday or every week? We have to have that why behind it, all right? So um, another resource, one of the things that I've actually read and I really enjoyed it, and you've heard them talking about it today, is this Strong Enough to Last that has the eight goals of children's ministries. This book... Um, really can help you define. Maybe there's a certain area, maybe worship is something that's really on your heart and the why behind what you do with everything you do is going to involve worship right now. Maybe it's biblical fluency. Maybe that's something, you know, of course, that's always something that's part of what we do, but maybe it's a high priority right now. That's a resource you can read through. You can begin to develop some of those things. Um, And, you know, definitely above all, Seeking God, seeking the Spirit, God, why did you put me here? Because sometimes there's a big question mark with that. But God has a reason, and he puts you in those places on purpose, and he wants you to know that why. All right. Sometimes we have known the why before, but as life has gone on, we've forgotten it, right? So things happen. This past year happened. Um, through Kidman, you know, up in the air with how we've done everything. Major life changes happen. Things happen that uh, shift and change our focus, and sometimes our why gets lost, and we have to reevaluate it. So sometimes we're at that point where we're like, okay, I used to know it, but what was it? Some of the, the questions that you could ask yourself with that is, why did I start doing this? Okay, and just remember why. Why did I start, you know, so long ago, why did I start doing the things that I was doing? And, and what is my dream for this ministry? What is my heart? What do I want to see happening? And that's going to help you put words and like a, a point to what you're doing, your why, like I keep calling it. And I brought my large why today to help us just think about it. I'm a very visual person and I even brought wives for all of you that you're going to get when you leave. Because sometimes just seeing that, you know, at home on your desk or at your, you know, storage room at church when you're running in to get paper and you see the why, you're like, okay, that's why I'm doing this, you know. You just need that reminder. So sometimes it's forgotten and you just have to work your way through learning your why. Each of ours is going to be a little different. Same foundation, very different. Um, knowing your why is going to be very obvious to others because if you don't know your why, you're a spot filler. And what you multiply is spot fillers. And that's not what we want in our churches, right? We want them to be multiplying the why of why Jesus has us there to, in essence, share Jesus and build disciples, but even with more focus, right? So we're going to play a little game this morning. Um, you all got a blank piece of paper. I'll put this on just for a second because I'm going to walk around. So what I'm going to do is, I'll tell you before I walk around, um, in my folders here, I have a picture 
Okay, and some of you might have done this before, but um, I'm going to give one person a picture and then a couple people around you are going to use that blank piece of paper and they're going to have to draw what you describe to them without them seeing this picture. Okay, you are not allowed to um, use anything except for shapes and like distance. Like you can say, you know, there's a circle here and about four inches in a circle. Like you can do it like that, but you can't say specifically what the things are. And um, I'm going to give you about three minutes to describe to the people that are around you what picture you are looking at. Okay? All right. So let me put my mask on and then I'll come around to you guys. Don't start till I tell you either. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to give you the picture. So, but I'm going to have you turn, I'll have you turn this way to these two ladies. And you're going to describe to them what's going on. All right, let's have you. Can you describe to these two right here behind you? All right. Can I have you describe to these three ladies around you? All right, let's have you. She's like, no, wait. I'm stretching you out of your box. So you're going to describe to these three right here. All right. <laughs> Are you sure it's going over here? No, I don't mind. All right. So you're going to describe to these three, okay? Do you understand? You're going to just use pictures, I mean shapes, yes, shapes and kind of like distance to describe. Yeah, you're just not allowed to say there's a candle on a cake or you know what I mean. All right, you guys you already got this. All right. So let's have you describe this picture to these three, but not yet. Using only shapes. Okay. All right. So we have, oh, we have three. Oh, good. So I can have you. Wait, how are you going to do this? You'll just have to think in your head what you're drawing. <laughs> All right. Do you want to describe it? Yeah, do it that way then. And then you can describe. So you don't let them see it either. All right. So, you can use numbers. So, like, you can say there's two circles, or, you know, just don't specifically name the item. All right. Is there any questions before I start you? All right, because questions are important. All right, I'm going to give you, let me get to my timer here. I'm going to give you three minutes. All right, ready, go. Two minutes left. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. 
Alright, you have one minute remaining. You can show them the picture now. Let them see what they were drawing. your picture looks exactly like what was in the folder. If you raised your hand, you cheated. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so let's, let's debrief on this game a minute because sometimes, yeah, you can just set them up here. Thank you, guys. Sometimes us getting our why across to our volunteers is like this. We see... It's so like right in front of us and we're like explaining it and they're like, what? I, I have no idea what you're saying, you know, trying to put it together. So what do you think, um, what would have made it easier for you without seeing the picture? What would have made it easier for you that was drawing? What would that, what would have helped? Back here. Putting it into a different terminology that you under, the other person understands. Good. Anything else would, that would have helped? Would more time have helped? Oh, yeah. Having more time? Possibly. Possibly. <laughs> what about if they were able to show you the picture as they were explaining it? Would that have helped? Yes? I mean, some of us aren't great artists, so it's not going to turn out exactly the right way, but, right? Well, 
we're going to pull all of these things into how we talk about expressing our why to our volunteers. Because it is hard and it takes time. But it's worth the investment because God didn't just put us in a ministry over our kids. He put us in a ministry with these other volunteers. He brought them into your life for a reason, to invest and to put time into it. And part of that is sharing this why so they can experience what God is wanting to do through them, you know, for them to have that moment. All right, so we're going to talk about uh, four ways. Click that um, we can do this, okay? Now, as we go through some of these, I know some of you have been in Kidman and you're like, you know, I, I know some of these things, but I wanna talk about them in the context of expressing your why. Like for me, it would be expressing to them that we're equipping families and kids to grow in God and live their faith out loud. That's, that's what I wanna get across, but just saying those words there's more to the, my why than that. Do you know what I mean? There's the heart behind that, and that's what we're really trying to get across. So Jesus had 12 volunteers, right? He had 12 people that came alongside him that he was teaching a why, that he was trying to explain his heart to them and pour into them so they would begin to do what he was doing, right? So how did he do that? Because he's the best example of everything that we have. And the first way we're gonna look at is approach. We're gonna look at approach, instruction. We're going to look at experience and encouragement. Now these first two, approach and instruction, it's basically like a setup. And I don't mean that in a way that it's like fake, but God sets us up, right? He set me up with my aunt so that I would hear and understand and experience and get excited about kids ministry without my mind and perception getting in the way. And sometimes with our volunteers, they come in with a certain mindset or a certain view from whatever reason, and we're helping to set them up to experience God. That's what we're going to do. So in this approach, and um, if you were in Mark's... Uh, breakout, this last one was Zacchaeus, he talked about it a little bit. When he called his disciples, he said, come to me. But the other thing he said was, I will show you, right? Come on with me and I will show you. Nobody wants to feel used, right? Everybody likes to feel valued. They want to feel important. And unfortunately in Kidman, without it being on purpose, we can tend to make people feel used because we're like, there's an urgent need here and we, we need you to do this, you know, and it's not about you're so amazing and you're valuable. It's like, we can't have kids church today if I don't fill this spot, you know? So we can do that without meaning to. So I want you to listen to this approach. Two different versions. You tell me which one is expressing the why. So whether you've had somebody sign up or whether you're approaching somebody for kids ministry, it would kind of go like this, right? So listen, we are so excited on Sundays when we get to grow kids in God. And we have some cool areas that you could be a part of with us. We have some paperwork you'd fill out. You'd get to kind of observe and see some different areas, how we work with the kids and their families. And you would be an amazing addition to our team. Versus, I have a spot open on my monthly nursery calendar. Would you be available to help? Do you see the difference? You're not trying to be mean in either case. You love the person in either case. But the first one expresses my why of what I do. It gets them excited about that. And it's saying to them, I value you. Like, I think you would be a great addition. You're going to help us do what I want to do, what God is doing here. So we have to think about our approach. Now, it's going to be different in every situation. And you'll notice that I put in there, you know, 
There is paperwork. There is things that as Kidman people, we have to follow a procedure to keep our kids safe. But those can still be done and make them feel valuable, not like, okay, you have to go through this process, stamp, move, check, you know. Like every step of the way, we want them to know we're doing this because this end game, it's going to be so amazing. God's going to do so much through you. You're going to help change the lives of kids and families. You're exciting them about what you're doing. So our approach is very, very important. Jesus didn't say, come with me. Let's go. He said, come with me. I'll show you. He gave them a reason to feel like, I don't know what I'm doing, but it sounds like they're going to help me. You know, that's what we want to give them. Everybody feels inadequate at first. We have all had that feeling. I had that feeling teaching this breakout because it's my first one I've ever done. But when we know somebody's going to come alongside of us and assist us and help us, it changes things. It helps us want to do it. All right? So I had a lady, she was super excited to come work with the kids in our church. And one thing that we've really begun to do is we let them observe. We let them visit different areas before we plug them in because we want them to be part of this process. You're valuable. What God has called you to be a part of is important. It's not just about what I say. So she came and she was in toddlers and she was in our uh, junior area, which is like four to kindergarten. And she did all of it. And she's, she's so sweet. She was like, I will go anywhere you want me to go. But <laughs> I really love toddlers. Now, if I would have chose to fill a spot and say, I'm going to put you where I need you right now, I would not be creating value in her and expressing my why that I want to grow her and grow kids and grow families. So we put her in the toddler ministry and she loves it. Like she's flourishing there because we let her be part of that process. We let her be part of um, God speaking to her heart. You know what I mean? Going through the process and vetting and all those things that we do shows them that we care about them. We care about the journey. We care about the kids that are being invested in. And um, just like I was being set up with my aunt, you're setting them up for success from that a beginning approach. You're pushing out that why through how you approach them, through how you're showing them you're going to incorporate them. You guys have probably heard this um, analogy about a bus and being in the right seat. Some of you might have heard this before. Um, but basically, like if your ministry is driving a bus and you have people in the wrong seats, it's going to be a problem. For instance, you have somebody that gets super car sick and you put them in the back of the bus. That's not going to be a good scenario, right? But the kid that's like bouncing up and down, like, put me in the back. Like, they want to be back there, right? So switch it up, you know? And finding the place for these people to be where they're going to succeed is going to help your ministry and your why and what God is doing to go forward and be great. <clears throat> All right. So we're going to go to this next one. So we've, we've talked about the approach. We're going to talk about the instruction. And like I said, I know that some of these things you guys already do in your ministries. But think about it. I want you to start those wheels turning. How can I do this to really express to them why I do this? Okay, not just uh, this is how we do it. So Jesus um, always took time to explain everything. So I know that we're overwhelmed in our ministries sometimes, but we have to create a culture of question and training. Now, that does not mean that you need a three-hour training session once a month to help everybody feel equipped. All right, this can be done in simple, small ways. And I think that's where sometimes it gets overwhelming, is we think we need to do these big things rather than just little things. For instance, 
Questions, questions, questions. Encourage them to ask questions, okay? Create opportunities. Do you have any questions? What can I help you with? All of these things. Jesus had a culture of questions. Disciples asked questions all through the Bible. Now, Jesus normally answered with a question to make them think about it. But that was a culture, and it wasn't a culture when you asked a question that you felt like you were lacking in wisdom. You actually, he made you feel valued for asking that question. That's what you want to create. So I had this 17-year-old that was um, helping me on a Sunday. And so prior to, I sent him this prayer station that I wanted him to lead. Okay? And he sent me back like four questions. You know, where do I find this? How do I do this? He wanted to feel comfortable with it. When Sunday came, he led it like a champ. You know why? Because I allowed him the opportunity to ask questions. And so he got to begin to experience, which we're going to get to, the why of what we do in our ministry because he felt equipped because he was able to ask the questions and God began to move in his heart. That's how we're going to get them in the why. Do you see how the approach and the instruction are the setup, you know, for where we're going? Um, so take time to walk through things in the classroom. Um, do short mini trainings on a Sunday morning. Like that's usually when your volunteers are mostly gonna be there. You know, do a short training on how to lead someone to the Lord. You know, simple things that sometimes when we've been in kids ministry, we might feel like we, they, everybody knows, but they don't. Like even like how to, how to report abuse if there's a situation. Short little things that you could teach them prior to a Sunday morning. There is, um, a training series, the Momentum training series that they have for sale through the assemblies. That's a little more in-depth, but great stuff if you're wanting to get into it with your workers. They also have um, these three little uh, What Now books. They have the Salvation, Holy Spirit, and Called by God. These are a great resource to make your leaders feel equipped. Take this home and read it. And, you know, that way when we have our altar time next week, you'll feel a little more prepared. And these, you know, we send these home with the kids and stuff too. But then the leaders know what they're doing. They feel a part of it. They get to begin to experience it. All right. Any questions up to this point? Anything that anybody wanted to share or ask? All right. So we've talked about approach, we've talked about instruction, um, we're going to talk about experience. So we've been talking through this with Jesus and the disciples, and the other thing that he did besides allowing them the opportunity to ask questions was he always put them in the middle, like, right? He didn't say, just stand over there and observe, which we do at the beginning. But after a while it was like, nope, nope, <laughs> like you are right in the middle of this. So. We're going to look at the story of the feeding of the 5,000 real quick, okay? So that's in Mark 6, 37 through 42. I think I have that on your notes in there. Um, so you know the story. The people are hungry. They're like, what do we do? And Jesus says to them, you feed them, right? He's throwing it back on them. It's not him as a leader. He's saying, you feed them. And they're like, with what? What do we do? We don't know. And he says, well, how much bread do you have? Go and find out. Like he's giving them instruction, but who's doing the, the hands-on work? They are. They're doing it. So they came back and they reported to him what they had. And then he says, okay, have them go sit down. There again, there they go. They're helping them all sit down in groups. And Jesus takes the loaves and the fish. He blesses it. He breaks it. And who does he give it to? He hands it to them. 
And you know what? As they're going around and this miracle is taking place, they're experiencing the impact it's having on all of those people. They're seeing that reaction. They're seeing their faces. They're seeing how their belief in Jesus is starting to take place. They are experiencing, Jesus set them up to experience the why of what he does. His compassion for those people, his heart to care for them. They're beginning to see that by experience. There's some music. How nice. (laughs) I'm not dancing. All right. So one thing that we need to begin to do is look for additional ways to plug our volunteers. And now, I don't know about some of you guys, but I honestly, let me be vulnerable, I'm a control freak. Like, I can get it done efficiently. I can make it all happen. I know it will be done well. No parents are going to come give me questions because I know it was done right this way. It's scary to relinquish that. But your ministry is going to stay right here if you do that. If you want your ministry and what God is doing to grow, you have to let your volunteers dive in just like Jesus did. Did those disciples make mistakes? Oh yes, we know that, right? But those are the moments that help them grow. If you look at the disciples at a whole, the ups and downs of everything they went through created them learning the why about life, the why of what they do. And so look for those opportunities. Look for those moments. All right. Give your volunteers a chance to pray with that kid and that kid come back next week and say, let me tell you what happened this week. Give them a chance to talk to families so when that mom comes next week and she has tears in her eyes and said, I prayed with my kids every night and it was amazing. That volunteer is hearing that feedback, not just you as the leader, right? So we really want to think of ways to involve them. Now, of course, there's administrative like check-in and set-up. There's things that they can help with that and be praying and incorporating the purpose. But also make sure you're plugging them into times that might take a little more. You'll have to work on that control. You know, maybe, you know, like they help lead a prayer time or a small group or they lead a lesson time or things that are outside the box. Now, you know we have to work with that. We have to make sure our kids are safe and being taught the right things. But sometimes we take it to the extreme of the control there. So relinquish that. Give them the opportunity because they're going to flourish. There's going to be ups and downs, all right? And as we work with them and we instruct them, sometimes we feel like they're not getting it, right? We're like, that is not the reaction I needed from you or that's not what I wanted you to do. So let's talk just a minute about the disciples who fell asleep on the Mount of Transfiguration and in the Garden of Gethsemane. And Jesus is like, what? This is not the reaction that I wanted from you. But Jesus was teaching and the ups and downs help. Give them the opportunity to fail and to grow because that's what's going to help them learn the why too. They're going to realize that it's okay to hit this and mess up because God's got it. And you know what? Those kids seeing that that happened, they, want, they understand that they don't have to be perfect either. There's like so much learning that you can tie into everything. All right? So we're teaching them through the approach, through the instruction, and through the experience. What are some ways that you guys um, know of that you could maybe just throw out there a couple ways that maybe you could incorporate your volunteers? Maybe you're already doing it, or maybe it's something you're thinking that you should start. Is there any other ideas out there? I know I named quite a few of them already. But keep your wheels turning. Keep your eyes open even tomorrow when you go into your ministry stuff. You know, because there's going to be moments and you're like, that's where I need to do it. And you're going to see that place to plug them in. Because expressing your why 
through each step is going to begin to let them see this. So the last, the last part, and probably one of the, I mean, experiencing is definitely powerful and fun, but and encouragement is, is fun too. Because sometimes our workers, even though they're, our volunteers are experiencing and seeing, they're not recognizing that that is why they do what they do. And so when you encourage, it's basically like you're f putting the flashlight on, this is it. This is what I've been telling you about and pouring into you. So how do we do that? So um, a couple of the ways that I've found that are helpful, one of them, uh, Pastor Lena taught us at Synergy a couple years ago, which is wearing rubber bands. So she would have you put three rubber bands on one arm, okay? And then when you go into your ministry or outreach or whatever it is that you're doing that you want to do this with, whenever you have a meaningful moment with a child, a parent, another volunteer, you take that rubber band and you put it on the other hand. And that helps you recognize that three times that day, I was expressing uh, the why of what I do. You know, I prayed with that kid. I'm going to move this one over there. I got to encourage that mama that they were doing a great job. I got to move that rubber band over there. It's helping people think about, okay, I, I am doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And even for us, sometimes we get like this and we forget those moments and it helps us focus on having those intentional why moments so our volunteers can see us having those intentional why moments getting the kids to grow in God equipping those families living our faith out loud um, one of the other things um, is catch them in the act okay so get your volunteers involved in this don't let it just be you Say, you know, you've got a group of volunteers. Okay, this is what we're going to do. So this is our why. This is, you know, equipping families and kids to grow in God and live their faith out loud. If you see somebody doing something that is pushing families and kids towards that, and, and you know, I want you to write their name down, what they did, and throw it in this jar, and we're going to have a drawing at the end of the month for a gift card. So the gift card's fun, but the point is everybody's recognizing okay, this is what we need to be doing, and other people are seeing it in you. It's all building each other up with one common purpose, you know, creating disciples, sharing Jesus, but fine-tuning your point of what you're doing. Um, the more they see it, the more they're going to get excited. They're going to have ownership. They're going to be ready to do it. Send them a note, okay? Notes can sometimes be hard for us to remember to do. Put it on your calendar. This time, every week, I'm going to write some notes. Maybe one week you only have time to do one. Um, but it doesn't matter. Have a set thing. And if you see something on Sunday, you don't always have time to like go to that person. Make a note um, on a piece of paper in your phone on your notes. And then later that week, hey, I'm going to send you a text. I saw you doing this, and that was amazing. God's using you for great things. You're encouraging them to do what you know God's called them to do. Um, some of these other things I put the... We've used these um, at our church. We have the Thumbs Up Award, okay? So those are fun to give out. These are on Oriental Trading where, you know, you give them a high five. And uh, you can give these out at different times just to encourage them and have fun. We're Kidmen, right? We, we love to have fun with items. Um, so these are some of the things that you can use for your encouragement. And uh, when you do this, though, there will be a side effect. Let me explain this to you because when you begin to invest in these volunteers and they begin to really have God move on their heart and they're growing, um, God begins to stir them. Sometimes he moves them out of your ministry.
Now, I don't want you to be scared or avoid this because that's what we really want to do right now. They're mine. I have to keep them. But you know what? If we would do what we're called to do with the people that God's placed around us, I bet you he's going to send even more in. And sometimes I know that I'm guilty of it. God is not sending people because I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing with the ones that I have. You know, let's really just think, God, am I investing with the people that you've placed around me? Because, God, I do want to see this grow. I want to see these kids equipped and these families equipped. And that starts with this team right here that loves you, and I want them to know you more. So I want you to be encouraged that if people are moving out of your ministry, for good reasons, hopefully, that it's usually a sign that God's building them up and sending them out. That's what Jesus did, right? So that's what we want to do. We love to create teams and we'd love to keep them forever, but that doesn't always happen. Um, and I put this last um, quote in here, and this has been a quote that I'm telling you over this past year. I felt like I've had to step out of the box on so many things, and a lot of you have maybe felt that way. And uh, this was in a devotional, and I cannot remember who said it, but it was not me, so I do not take credit for this. But it says, Yet mysteriously and remarkably, our weakness, our daily inability, becomes a channel for the movement of God. And maybe hearing this about volunteers, about expressing your why or knowing your why, you're like, I am overwhelmed. Like, I don't know how this is going to happen. But when we know that absolutely in our weakness, in the day by day, when we feel like we can't do it, or maybe we're not doing a great job, if we're trusting him, he's going to move. And he's going to do great things in your churches and with your people and with your kids. And I'm excited to see what God's going to do because Ohio for Jesus, right? We are going to see God do incredible, incredible things. So I did bring uh, each of you guys a why. Um, Hobby Lobby no longer has whys because I bought them all. But like I said, sometimes just having that item, I didn't buy them all this big because I didn't know if everybody would want their giant why. Um, but I want you guys to remember, why am I doing what I'm doing? Don't be discouraged. Listen to the spirit. Listen to what he's telling you and just begin to put that into everything that you do. Set your workers up to be powerfully equipped and experience God. Um, is there any questions, anything you wanted to add I know that you guys are on like your last breakout session and you're like, I'm a little tired. <laughs> All right, well this has been this has been fun, you guys. Thank you for being such a great group.